And joining us for the news briefing here in the studio is Salmi Sorang. Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. Well, we were just talking uh, right before we went on air about uh, going to the gym. Mm. Uh, my personal gym yeah. was shut down for quite a while. I think a lot of gyms ah. around the country were shut down for a while. And they recently restarted operations. So that's been great for people who want to get a workout in. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, and you go in. But uh, recently, they did start implementing this QR code system, where meaning you can't get in unless you snap your um, QR code from your phone onto their system. It's a little bit, yeah. You must go to a fancy gym. No, no, not at all. And in fact, it's a very archaic kind of, they used like an old um, kind of beat up tablet to kind of set Uh. that thing up. But I guess they're trying to abide by the regulations. Mm -hmm. It's a a cumbersome thing, but it also gives you some peace of mind, I think, as a a gym goer. Mm -hmm. And apparently they are going to expand this uh, scheme, right? Uh, You're going to have to register these uh, QR codes. Now, even when you're going to a wedding hall buffet. That's right. And that's because buffets at wedding halls will be designated a high-risk facility as well from next Wednesday. So this means that like norebang or clubs, buffet users, they will have to wear a mask and scan their QR code or manually sign a logbook Mm -hmm. when entering the area. And to prevent cross-infection, visitors must either put on plastic gloves or use a hand sanitizer before and after using serving stations. For buffet operators, they will have to disinfect their facilities before and after use and maintain a disinfection log. Symptomatic staff members must be sent home. Now, violators, whether it be the operator or the end user, either of them will be fined up to 3 million won and the business will be forced to cease operation. This change is part of the Ministry of Gender Equality and Families' new heightened quarantine management plan, which the ministry submitted yesterday to the Central Disaster Management Headquarters. Right, and so uh, this seems like a pretty... uh commonsensical move uh, for having buffets. uh, There's that kind of overused term, right? It seems like a petri dish for germs to Mm -hmm. emanate from. And uh, buffets used to be, uh, in my neighborhood, quite numerous. Uh, A weekend pastime that uh, the kids enjoyed was going to buffets, Uh going to like the dessert stations and and eating as much as... Exactly. But one by one, they've all been shutting down Uh and uh, Obviously, uh, the economic hardships are there, but also a lot of people, I think, uh, have been a little bit more reticent to go to a buffet type situation. But if you're going to a wedding, often not, you yeah. don't have a choice of right, uh, attending. And go. so uh, they, mm-hmm. they want to keep you safe. Another potential hotspot for uh, coronavirus spread would be at funeral houses. And they are also going to be uh, subject to great, greater quarantine measures. That's right. Greater quarantine measures, perhaps not as strict as mm. wedding ho- uh, buffets at wedding halls for now. But visitors are required to wear masks and they'll be advised to not shake hands with each other and just bow to each other. The use of QR codes and heat cameras, while not yet mandatory, has been strongly recommended. Meanwhile, on Wednesday, South Korea reported 54 new COVID-19 cases, including 35 local infections. This puts the total caseload in the country to 14,714. Right, and so funeral houses as well, unfortunately... um Uh, that would also be a potential hotspot in Mm. terms of the fact that, quite frankly, uh, although not the leading cause of death, there are more and more uh, tragic deaths that have occurred with uh, Mm COVID-19. So there might be various funeral houses within the vicinity that might have uh, potential infections. And many of the uh, attendees of these funerals are also of the elderly population. Mm -hmm, And that would uh, make them more vulnerable Mm -hmm. uh, if there was an infection. So you mentioned 54 new cases yesterday. Uh, It 
does feel like the number coming out today, which usually comes out around 10 a.m. Uh, or mm-hmm. so, uh, that number is going to be uh, may potentially even higher because we're seeing these sporadic uh, outbreaks now, infect- uh, including a pretty big breakout among Lotteria employees. That's right. So the count there is 11 right now. 11 employees confirmed coronavirus positive and health authorities are bracing for that number to rise. According to the Seoul city government, 19 Lotteria employees, including managers of some branches, they got together last Thursday, August 6th, and held a business meeting and had dinner together afterwards. Now, as a result of this infection breakout, Lotteria has shut down eight branches so far, including the Chungak station and Seoul station branches. Now, aside from Lotteria, the biggest Starbucks branch in Korea, the Toyangpyeong DTR branch, they had to cease operations at 1 p.m. yesterday after learning that a confirmed patient had visited the site over the weekend. Right, and so what we have now is a big fear of Uh, Yes, uh, Korea has handled the outbreak in terms of the pandemic and um, relatively had not to cease operations completely like other countries have had Mm -hmm. to with lockdowns and complete shutdowns. However, if you are now um, going to any kind of establishment, whether it's a coffee shop or a, a restaurant or a fast food place, And the natural thing to do is to take off your mask or lower your mask when eating. Right. It's going to give you a bit of pause here now, right? right? Because uh, you're going to feel like uh, if it's Lotteria, why can't it happen at some of these other uh, chain restaurants? Right, and especially for Lotteria and other chain restaurants and coffee shops as well because they're crowded. For example, the Toyangpyeong DTR branch, it's really popular right now, being Mm. the biggest and the fanciest. So there's a lot of people and if you all take off masks and people are excitedly chatting at very high volume, It's a very high-risk situation. And so it kind of leads us to our next story because it is that dilemma for the government of uh, wanting to keep the people safe and healthy, but at the same time uh, making sure the uh, momentum continues uh, with the economy. And so these latest efforts to revitalize the economy does include people going out and spending money. The culture ministry apparently is going to be distributing coupons worth 90.4 billion won. That's right. And these coupons, they will help people enjoy cultural activities at a lower price, and they'll be distributed across six categories. Performance, movie, exhibition, sports, travel, and accommodation. Now, to allow as many people as possible to benefit from the initiative, most of the coupons will be made available for online use, where people will have to go through a login process and verify their identity before purchase. Mm. All right. Um, can you walk us through some of these specific coupons? Sure. So for museum exhibitions, 1.9 million people will receive a 40% discount on their tickets starting today. While for exhibitions at art galleries from August 21st, 1.6 million people will receive a 3,001 discount each. For sports facilities from August 24th, those who pay more than 80,001 will receive 30,001 in cashback. And also from today, 1.76 million people will receive a 6,001 discount when purchasing movie tickets. And another 1.8 million will get a 8,001 discount when purchasing performance tickets starting on August 24th. Finally, 1 million people making bookings at some select accommodations for the months of September and October will receive a discount between 30,000 and 40,001. The reservation opens today. Now, to alleviate infection worries, Deputy Minister for Culture and Arts Policy, Chun Byung-gug, 
He said that the ministry will keep a strict eye on each sector to make sure that they sanitize the venues properly so that the public can feel safe and be encouraged to enjoy cultural activities. Right. Uh, as uh, we know, uh, the uh, big reports coming out yesterday uh, among the OECD nations, there is a 0.8% expected contraction according mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the OECD which is bad it's a mild recession technically speaking yeah. but it is number one among uh, the 37 OECD yeah. member states so a uh, part of that is because uh, this uh, uh, government has been able to handle the pandemic in a way that did not allow a complete shutdown and now kind of various uh, fiscal measures including the mm-hmm. the cash payouts as well as now these kind of uh, various uh, smaller scale schemes to um, encourage people to go out and, and spend into the economy because you buy a coup uh, you get a coupon for a museum exhibition you're probably going to buy lunch you're probably going to do a lot of other things to (laughs) Mm -hmm. kind of boost domestic demand so that's the idea there Uh, in terms of the uh, governance right now as it stands uh, there are some other things that the government is wrestling with namely real estate policy and uh, indirectly related to that we had a mass offer of resignation Mm -hmm. among the senior staff of the blue house including the chief of staff Mm -hmm. Uh, now towards that end uh, it's been of a more piecemeal approach rather than a complete uh, huge reshuffle Uh, to to that end president moon has appointed now two new senior presidential secretaries that's right and the first one is tong man ho who's been tapped for the position of senior secretary for public communication he's a former vice governor for kangwon province and in the early 2000s served as the policy secretary and protocol secretary under the Numuyon administration. Before starting his political career, Tong Man-ho worked as a reporter at the Korea Economic Daily for almost two decades. Meanwhile, Yoon Chang-ryeol was named the senior aide for social policy. Since passing the civil service exam back in 1990, Yoon had spent most of his career as a public servant in the prime minister's office. According to an official from the Blue House, both Tong Man-ho and Yoon Chang-ryeol own two properties but are currently in the process of disposing one each. Over the past several weeks, President Moon Jae-in has replaced seven senior secretaries, including four of the six who tendered their resignations last Friday. They always say it's it's very difficult to find uh, qualified people to help mm-hmm. with these very important uh, senior positions, whether it's uh, cabinet positions like ministers or uh, senior Blue House secretaries. Uh, you know, you have to be... you know, well-educated enough, you Mm -hmm. have to have the uh, requisite experience. But it it often does turn out that you are picking from a very elite group of people and it does feel like uh, more often than not, they have multiple properties uh, in their investment (laughs) (laughs) portfolios. And it does seem to be the case. But now it does look like there is this kind of continuous pattern of they have multiple properties and then they're they're going to sell. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. they're going to have to sell them out. Some murmurings uh, amongst uh, the conservative crowd about uh, a couple of these individuals had actually... uh, gone through the official process of selling the house way beforehand, like like months beforehand. So the suspicion was they were already kind of in, in, in contact yeah. uh, with, mm-hmm. with the Blue House to be uh, poised for a position, mm-hmm. knowing that that was going to be an issue with the optics. So uh, yeah. this was maybe in the works for quite a while. However, uh, the person who is really nominally in charge of the Blue House, uh, right under the president, the chief mm-hmm. of staff, No Young-min, um, no mention so far, right? No mention of whether he'll be replaced or not, because Chong Wade is yet to clarify what will happen to him. You know, whether Moon accepted his resignation or whether Moon is keeping him. But speculations are very high that No's time is limited. No Young-min has been serving as the chief of staff since January last year, after serving as Moon's first Korean ambassador to China. 
DP lawmaker Yang Hyangja said in a recent media interview that for the new chief of staff, the DP would like someone with strong leadership who can lay the foundation for the party to successfully regain power. Now, the same question mark can be applied to Senior Secretary for Personnel Management, Kim Wae-suk, because we don't know if and when she'll be replaced. All right, and we have to remember this sort of dramatic offer of resignation by uh, No Young-min and these other senior secretaries really kind of was awkward in the timing because there is a set schedule of these uh, reshuffles usually, Mm -hmm. and they are going to occur at the end of the year. So uh, the question seems to still be whether um, No Young-min as chief of staff will be retained or not uh, indefinitely. Uh, There are other pundits who believe that he may actually serve out his, what is considered to be a term, but Mm -hmm. his expected period of servitude, maybe towards the end of the year. And then they'll have this next chief of staff appointed uh, subsequently because of the fact that this is going to be, this next appointment for the chief of staff will be uh, the last chief of staff of Mm -hmm. uh, Moon Jae-in's presidency. And so it's not a decision to make lightly as to who they're going to tap. And so uh, there there is a sense that uh, they will be a little bit more prudent in terms of uh, switching out the chief of staff Mm -hmm. position. And as you say, a lot of people do want someone maybe with a more forward-facing kind of political uh, aspect to him, uh, like maybe Im Jong-suk, the Mm -hmm. uh, predecessor for No Young-min, as to uh, becoming the new chief of staff and helping kind of shore up the ruling party support ahead of the presidential elections. Uh, Speaking of um, uh, governments and elections and what has to be done, the Seoul City will be having a uh, by-election for their mayoral, uh, open mayoral Mm -hmm. seat. Uh, That being said, the city government uh, does have to continue its business. And uh, one of the big things now they're facing is the big Liberation Day holiday and what to do with various civic groups who would like to uh, gather on the street in mass protests. The Seoul City government basically saying you're not going to be able to do that and uh, these groups are very upset. Very upset. These civic groups amount to more than a dozen. They have been planning to hold rallies in the city this coming Saturday, which coincides with the August 15th Liberation Day. The Seoul Metropolitan Government said yesterday that it had requested 14 such civic groups to call off their plans, citing concerns of a further spread of COVID-19. Let's hear from Seoul City Government staff Kim Hyuk. Right, so if we are putting um, restrictions on places like gyms, like we're talking about, Mm -hmm. or wedding hall buffets and uh, having people with QR codes, it would seem to make sense that a mass gathering of 50,000 people, maybe most of them being uh, of the elderly demographic, there's no way you're going to be QR coding 50,000 people. (laughs) It it does seem like um, not encouraging these kind of mass gatherings would be uh, the, uh, the wise thing to do, uh, this has really, this is not some kind of uh, out of the blue policy, right? This has been going on for a while, right? Right, limiting rallies. It's been going on since the early days of the coronavirus pandemic in February. This whole city back then, or since then, they designated public squares in the city, including Gwangwamun Square and Seoul Square, as no rally zones. Now, smaller rallies held elsewhere were allowed to continue because, according to Kim Hyok, the Seoul city government had not specifically banned small or medium-sized gatherings outside the zones because rallying is a basic right of the citizens. Having said that, the same can't be applied in this case because Liberation Day rallies are expected to draw up to 50,000 people in seven separate demonstrations across the capital. 
Now, in July, the city government also banned a rally of some 50,000 people that the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions had planned to hold over in Yeoido, also over concerns of coronavirus spread. Right, and that uh, final point there is key because the KCTU is really known as the uh, the more progressive, mm-hmm. uh, kind of aggressive uh, trade union umbrella group. And so uh, that kind of deflates the argument of you're trying to suppress our conservative yeah. voices and our right to assembly because you're using this pandemic as an excuse to stifle uh, that uh, uh, personal right that we have. So the KCTU being banned uh, means also then the other groups who are going to plan to protest uh, should not be allowed to uh, gather as well. But those 14 groups are, again, mostly of the conservative bent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been infamous uh, throughout the previous National Assembly of kind of mass gathering Uh, pre-pandemic in Gwangamun basically every week. Um, So these groups are upset about this uh, uh, idea of not being allowed to gather on Liberation Day and they're saying basically they're going to flout whatever recommendations that are coming out. Yeah, we're going to flout it and carry on as planned. So this is what they said. Former UFP lawmaker Min Kyung-woo, who heads one of the conservative groups named April 15th, 부정선거 국민투쟁본부, roughly translated, Anti-Election Fraud Alliance, he called the Seoul City government's request a, quote, violation of basic rights and, as you mentioned before, dismiss the city's stated coronavirus concern as just an excuse. Min said that his group will proceed with the rallies as planned and would consider alternatives such as car rallies should there be a ban on gathering. Another group, Uri Gongwadang, or Our Republican Party, they are also forging ahead with their plans to hold a 4,000-person rally near the Bank of Korea intersection. Supreme Council member In Ji-yeon said the ban infringes on the citizens' right to expression and that it will strictly abide by appropriate quarantine measures. As for Freedom Alliance or Taeyu Yonde, they also said they will move forward with its plan of 2,000-person rally near Gyeongbokgung Palace. So what happens then um, if we see these groups, again, um, a lot of other concerned citizens would think in a reckless manner uh, with a a large group of elderly people gathering and they basically decide to just go ahead with the rallies. Yeah, well, this whole city's stance is that right now it's not an outright ban as yet so far. It has just sent out official documents to these civic groups asking for voluntary cancellation. Having said that, this whole city government, they also said that if the groups go ahead, the government will use all means possible, including issuing an administrative order banning all mass gatherings. Now, as for this whole Metropolitan Police Agency, it said yesterday that it will also request each group to cancel their mass rallies as it threatens citizens' safety. The agency added that should the groups push ahead with the demonstrations, it will deploy police personnel around major assembly sites and carry out strict judicial action on site, including arresting those interfering with public official in the exercise of his or her duty. There is a a suspicion that many of these groups are actually kind of itching for a a fight or a confrontation (laughs) where this is the sort of thing that they would like to see have those photos and videos maybe go out on their conservative YouTube channels and kind of blast them out and kind of rile up the base even more. And really, we got to say, in a a free democracy, you do have a right to assembly, you do have a right to protest, and that is uh, something that every citizen should be allowed to do Mm -hmm. uh, within, of course, uh, certain regulations, including uh, times of national crisis and emergency and pandemics. And uh, these groups had been free to um, gather every week uh, before the pandemic occurred. So it, it wasn't something that they were necessarily restricted on. 
it does appear that the uh, main opposition might be a little bit um, trepidatious at this point. They've been seeing a lot of popularity, and we were kind of attributing it to the fact that uh, they've kind of maybe removed some of the more crazier elements of that party, including yeah. a lot of these uh, protests and some of the harsh things that they say. Uh, your example of Min g y u n g w o k if he was more of the uh, public-facing person right now uh, as a prominent lawmaker, maybe their approval rating wouldn't go high. And uh-huh. so uh, this is another kind of concern to that end, of, which may kind of uh, set them back a bit. Final story here, uh, stock market. Uh, looks like the market cap of the two main bourses are uh, set to be close to 2,000 trillion won. That's right. According to the Korea Exchange yesterday, the country's main KOSPI and the tech-heavy k o s d a k markets closed on the 11th at a combined cap of 1,965 trillion won. So this is comparable to the cap reached back in 2018, when the combined cap on January 29th was 2,019 trillion won. So that was the first time in history that the cap surpassed the 2,000 trillion won mark. South Korean stocks continued their gaining streak for an eighth session yesterday, riding on the hopes of a COVID-19 vaccine and quick economic rebound from the coronavirus pandemic. Well, it does uh, appear that despite the economic difficulties, uh, various stock markets have uh, seen a bit of a boost. We know that the stock market isn't the real economy, but a lot of investors here, including individual investors, have seen an opportunity to Mm -hmm. jump in and maybe make some gains. And that's what we see. Mi Sorang, as always, thank you so much. We will talk again tomorrow. That's right.